I'm teaching on it seems like everything I teach runs into one another everything is blended together in the Bible I've got a title on the board Christmas under its ancient name what was its ancient name in Israel it was Baal and the grove Christmas under its ancient name Baal was the sun god represented by the fire and the grove was the tree goddess well she was represented by the tree she was the moon goddess or she was the queen of heaven the moon would rule the night in the first chapter of Genesis the sun would rule the day and that's where they'd go back and pick up these gods and goddesses these gods were called Daemonion, D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. Daemonion is our word, demon. There's no such thing as demons. Demons have been created and invented by man so he doesn't have to repent of his sin and face his, his wicked heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That means everybody here and everybody that's outside. Unless God comes and puts faith in your heart. It, faith is the gift of God. The word gift is doron. It means a sacrifice. It doesn't mean something wrapped up in a package with a bow on it. It's the sacrifice that God has given us, the sacrifice of Christ. Now, Christmas is, it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. Whether anybody likes that or not or believes that or not, that's historical fact. It was against the law. Why? Well, because when when Constantine was the emperor of the entire world and he was back in he came became emperor around 305 then in 312 he was having all the emperors had lots of problems up to that point they could not contain the Christians every time they would kill them they would keep multiplying and he could not contain. He had been the emperor over here in Constantinople. And Maxentius was the emperor in Rome. So he brought his armies over to Rome. And as he was coming into Rome, he came up to the Malvian Bridge. Malvian, this is right before entering Rome. M-A-L-V-A-I-N the Malvian Bridge, and he said he saw a cross in the sky. And so he said what he heard, and this was Constantine's imagination. God wasn't talking any to anybody in 312 A.D. And he said he saw this cross and heard a voice said, I want you to conquer by this sign. Now, he had hired one of the most brilliant scholars in the world to be his son's tutor. 
Well, when he conquered Maxentius, and he did, he became the emperor of all the world. And when he conquered him, he hired Maxentius, Lactanius, excuse me, Lactanius. He hired him, he was one of the most brilliant scholars in the ancient world, a man that was prone to always tell the truth. He said Constantine did not see a cross. He said he saw an X in the sky. Well, an X in the Greek, right here, is a CH. That's a key. If you go to college and you want to join a fraternity, you may join Sigma Chi. They call it Chi in college, and it's actually a key. So it's CH, and Constantine added the R, the R of the Greek alphabet, and that's CHR, and they came up with X mass. And that's actually what it is. I remember my father and all the independent Baptist preachers in Fort Worth. When I was a kid, uh, about 1950, I was 12 years old, and they were all just raising cane at 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 uh, department stores putting Xmas sale on their on their windows, and that's what it actually is, Xmas, because that comes from Constantine. Well, what he brought into the church in 325, what he did, he just changed. They had a corrupt church, and they had at Rome, they had the Feast of Saturn. The Feast of Saturn. Feast of Saturn. And they called it the Saturnalia, S A T. U-R-N-A-L-I-A. Saturnalia. And Saturn was the father of the gods at Rome. Father of gods. And his son's name was Mithra. And you'll find in your McClinican Strong, if you look up Mithra, his birthday was December the 25th. Constantine and Pope Julius I, they're the ones that came up to rename uh, the Feast of Saturn, Christ Mass. It is paganism, and it was against the law to celebrate it because what Constantine was fighting besides the Christians just keep multiplying, he was fighting all of these, these hordes that were coming from the Far East, the Huns, the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths, the Burgundians, the, they all had different names, the Vandals, and they were coming and rampaging across the European continent. Something you have to understand, this picture right here is the picture of Bible lands. That's what it is. It went from over here in, uh, in, uh, Persia, which which we call uh, Iran now, and to Pakistan, and all the stands that was Persia, and this right here is this is Iraq that was Babylon, and the Euphrates and Tigris River run down through it and met about a hundred miles north of the Persian Gulf, and this was this was 
all the way over here to on the tip of Spain and the tip of Africa you had the Strait of Gibraltar and you had the Rock of Gibraltar as that you were coming into the Mediterranean Sea. Well, the the beast was Babylon on the Euphrates River, Persia that overthrew Babylon, and then Greece, Greece here that overthrew Persia, and then then Constantine had had four generals. He had Lysacomus. Lysacomus, Cassander, Ptolemy, P-T-O-L-E-M-Y, Ptolemy, and Seleucus. Seleucus was the, the most fierce of all these generals. He's the guy that tried to raise up his own empire, Seleucus. He tried to raise up his own empire. He actually got what's called the lion's share of Alexander the Great. Uh, these were Alex Great, four commanding generals who inherited his empire. Four generals. And Ptolemy got Egypt. And Cat and Lysacomus and Cassander, most of their portion of the empire was over in this area over here. But the military guys uh, right above Israel in what we would call Syria, that was the area of Seleucus. You could actually say that he had the Syrian Empire. And Syria has always been one of the most ancient enemies of God. He was always attacking Ptolemy down here in Egypt. The only road down to Egypt was Israel. That was the only road to Egypt. So when he was up here attacking Egypt, this is Egypt down here, right here. He had to come through Israel and go down here. He he wanted to become a world conqueror and leader. He was the dangerous guy right there. And what Alexander the Great was afraid of when he was alive, he was afraid of the Huns and the battles of Goths and the Visigoths. That's why he, he brought out uh, in around 312, what was called the Edict of Milan. And the common term for it was Edict of Toleration. Now, Edict of Toleration was very, very compromising. That was the beginning of the Roman Catholic Church. You can just say toleration of 
or what we would call, uh, what do we call it? Tolerating everything. Political correctness. When we have political correctness in America, political correctness is everything the Roman Catholic Church was begun on. It started with the with that edict of toleration. And what he was doing, what Constantine did when he brought Christmas or the Christ Mass about, what he was doing was appealing to the Christians throughout the world, saying, you can come into the church, and these pagans can come in the church, and I'm going to make peace with all of you. I can't control the Christians and stop them from multiplying, and I can't control the Huns and the Vandals and the Goths and the Visigoths. He couldn't control them. So when he brought about this edict of toleration, that's alive and well in the world today in political correctness. That's the danger of everybody. And what that does, what that does, that puts an approval on all these messages that are false doctrines going on in the world. It puts an approval on the charismatics, Maddox, because you're not supposed to call anybody down in the world this day and time. It has come to this. The preachers in 1950, I was, I was 12 years old in 1950. Preachers in 1950 were calling the Catholic Church down. The Baptist Church considered Roman Catholicism very wicked and very evil in the early 50s. But they don't do that anymore because of political correctness. The Baptist and the Baptists don't even agree with the Charismatics or with the Pentecostals. Baptists do not believe in speaking in tongues unless it's some uh, off-the-wall Baptist. They don't believe in Pentecostals. I didn't say they didn't believe in Pentecost. They don't believe in Pentecostalism where you've got tongues and faith healing. This is the same thing. And they have slain in the Spirit. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's the same thing that Constantine did when he brought this edict of toleration into the church. What we're doing today, we're tolerating all of this. And what God said he would do when you're not obedient to his word. When you're not obedient to the word of God, he says, I will send four judgments. That's the reason I put this, uh, this on the board, this title. The reason Christmas or the old feast of Saturn night Here's how you tie it together. When the Bible says, Revelation 17 and 5, that Babylon was the mother, was the mother of harlots. She's the one that gave birth to all harlotry. Uh, 
the word harlot there is the word pornea. Maybe you recognize that as being a form of pornography. Maybe you recognize that. Well, it comes from that. But pornea doesn't mean just to look at naked men and women in a magazine. It's not all it means. It means idolatry. Idolatry. So Babylon mothered all the idol worship in the world, wherever it is. If it's on a South Sea island where some natives are taking a young woman up into the up into a volcano and throwing her in, what they're doing, they're trying to pacify the fire god, the volcano god. It's the same thing as what Israel was involved in, Baal. Baal was the fire god, the sun god. And that's what they attribute a volcano. Volcano comes from the word. Volcano Cano comes from the word V-U-L-C-A-N. And Vulcan is a, Mr. Hislop tells us, is short for Baal Cahan. It ties directly Baal Cahan. Notice how all of this meshes together. It just comes together. The reason for all these diseases, including the coronavirus, pestilence of all kinds, AIDS, Ebola, the 1918 flu, the smallpox, bubonic plague, and all other plagues and diseases, the reason for that is all the false teaching that's going on in the world. This, this is just a few of them here. I can't put all the false teachings on the board. That's the reason for all the diseases we're having. Welcome to God's judgment. It's Here's an amazing thing. I said this when the coronavirus hit. I don't know if some of you can remember this. But I said this a couple of years ago when the coronavirus first hit. I said this has to do with God. It doesn't have to do with the Democrats or the Republicans. They can fight each other from now on. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the preachers lying. That's what it's got to do with. God says, if you don't keep my statutes and my judgments, I will send four judgments, the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. What I'm going to dwell on today is the pestilence. That's what this is the reason for this. And it's come about because of false doctrine. I was talking to a fellow today on the phone just before I come to church. He's in Louisiana, and he's the teacher. I said, what do you teach? He said, I teach history. He said, I teach uh, physics. He's an educated man. He used to teach in high school. Now he's teaching some group of people that are, I don't know if they employ him or what they do. 
But he said, I heard you on the radio on WVOG this morning for the first time. That's 600 on the AM dial in New Orleans. I've been on there since about 1990. And he said, I heard you for the first time, and you were talking about May 14th, 1948, and the Six-Day War. And he said, teaching history, I'm very interested in that. So I got to talking to him about everything. He didn't deny anything. He said, I believe everything you're talking about. He said, I'm really interested. So I wrote his name and phone number and his address down. And I wrote a bunch of things I wanted uh, Mary and Tom to send to him. And he just was overwhelmed. And But he was... He was saying the fact that you were talking about May 14, 1948, I'm familiar with that being the day that Israel became a nation. Well, he said, I have been studying these kind of things. He said he came out of the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. Well, being in New Orleans, that's easy to understand. I said, you live in a Roman Catholic town. He said, exactly. And he said, I pulled away and my family doesn't like it. So we're going to send him a lot of lot of information but anyway it all has to do with the Pentecostal tongues faith healing and I told him about the Baptist I said the Baptist church preaches accept Christ as your personal savior and I said the Bible teaches against that I said they teach sinner's prayer for salvation and then I gave him uh, the Bible says that that uh, I gave him the verses on that. I said, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man, the physical man, does not receive spiritual things. They're foolishness to him. And the word receiveth is decomite, comes from deck. It's the word ten in the Greek, and a decade is ten years. I said, that word dekomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. I said, the Bible says, man who is dead in his sins does not receive, does not accept anything spiritual. And I told him, I said, that frustrated me as a little boy to no end. My father kept preaching, and being an independent Baptist preacher, if you don't know that you're saved tonight, you need to walk the aisle because you'll die and go to hell, Jimmy. Might as well have said my name because I believe that's what he was talking about. And so I would walk the aisle again, and I had to grow up and study the Bible. And he commented on this sinner's prayer and accept Christ. This guy that hurt us for the first time. The Bible says, we know the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I said, that's not the method of salvation praying because the next verse says Romans 2.14 says how shall they call on a God they don't believe in and I said it's not accept Christ and it's not a sinner's prayer it's faith by, we're saved by grace through faith and I said faith is the noun and believe is the verb form pistis and pistuo I explained this to him on the phone Pistis and Pistuo, these 
faith and believe it. I, I, that puzzled me. Has anybody else wondered when you were growing up, how can we be saved by faith and we have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? Did that frustrate anybody besides me? They're the same basic word. One's the verb, the other's the noun. Pistuo. P-I-S-T is the stem of the word. That's what words are built on, the stem. And word endings are changed depending on some character of the word, either gender or number or some part of the word. And he said, and he made the statement, but everybody in America is preaching except Christ and sinner's prayer, aren't they? I said, just about everybody I know of. And I said, it's a false doctrine. You have to have faith, and God's got to put that in your heart. And faith is the gift of God, and gift is not a present. It's Doran. I said it earlier. It's a sacrifice. God, it's called the gift of grace in other spots. So you cannot just come up what everybody's done, what these preachers doing, you know what they're doing? They're practicing, they're practicing this tolerance edict. They're practicing political correctness. They want to be politically correct in the Pentecostal churches so they can make all the Pentecostals happy. They're doing the same thing in the Baptist churches so they can make all the Baptists happy. They're doing the same thing in the Charismatics. Charis- Charismatic is not a denomination. Did you know that? Charismatic is a club. You can join it if you're Baptist. And you can still believe in accept Christ and center prayer. And you can join it if you're a Pentecostal and you can still speak in tongues. And you can still uh, have faith healing. And it don't matter who you are or what you are, they've got every kind of charismatic in the country. They've got Baptist charismatics, Pentecostal charismatics, Presbyterian charismatics, and believe it or not, Roman Catholic charismatics. And they none of them agree in their doctrines. They're preaching, and because of this, people keep the the Democrats keep blaming the Republicans and the Republicans blame the Democrats for the coronavirus and they got all these different reasons for it. Has nothing to do with them. Has to do with the preachers. The reason for the coronavirus is a big pastor down here at the Baptist Church. The Pentecostal preacher. That's the reason for it. Because God said, I will send those pestilences. I'll tell you what let's do. I've got a list. I don't have all of on the list. But this is, I just sat down and I took the word pestilence out of a Strong's Concordance. I went through and picked by my choice some of the good words for pestilence. Pestilence means a disease. God said, I'll send, he said, all you have to do not to have disease is obey me. That's it. Be obedient to my word. Are these preachers obedient to the word of God? No. You can tie them directly to the edict of toleration. The Baptists are Roman Catholic now. 
Baptists have Christ Mass in their church. They have walked down the aisle and accept the Eucharist. Actually, they modified it and called it walk down the aisle and accept Christ as your personal Savior. That's where it come from. I love to tell the story of where accept Christ comes from. The early church didn't teach that. It came out of the Church of England. When, Boy, it's so funny to me to tell the story because you have to talk about Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn and Jane Seymour. I thought Jane Seymour was an actress. Well, not this Jane Seymour. Uh, when uh, you got to talk about Catherine of Aragon, Henry VIII wanted to leave the Roman Catholic Church. He had found this beautiful young girl, Anne Boleyn. You can see this story in the old movie, uh, Anne of a Thousand Days, with Richard Burton. You can see the whole story. They're telling it. That's when Henry VIII petitioned the Roman Catholic Church to divorce Catherine because she didn't she had had one son but he was an imbecile and he wasn't able to be king and supposedly Henry VIII wanted a, a son that could uh, rule the, the English Empire and he didn't have one so he wanted to divorce Catherine she was in her 40s she didn't ovulate anymore she couldn't have any more kids you know what I believe I believe he was a womanizer and he said he wanted to marry this beautiful young girl, Anne Boleyn. And he told her, if you'll have me a son. Well, what he did, he set Catherine aside and he took Anne Boleyn. And he told he petitioned Rome, said, I want to divorce Catherine. They said no, since the Roman Catholic Church wouldn't allow divorce. So he said, I'll start my own church. I'll call it the Church of England or the Anglican Church. So he started the Church of England. And when he started the English Church, he, he kept all of majority of, of the rituals in the Church of England that were in the Catholic Church. They had the incense, some guy swinging a little bucket with incense walking around the church. And they had, uh, they had, uh, his form of the Pope. He called him the Archbishop of Canterbury. I remember reading the Canterbury Tales in high school. But it was the Archbishop of Canterbury was his form of the Pope. That's that's uh, that's the reason Thomas More was fighting over the things that he fought over in the church. They made a lot of movies about this. They made one about Thomas More I can't remember the name of back in the 60s, I believe. And he was one of the heads of the Catholic Church. Anyway, so he forms the Catholic Church. And the main thing he kept in the church, the main thing that is the focal point of Catholicism is the Eucharist. And the Pope gets up there. This is the, this is the Mass. The Mass is where they hold the... Eucharist up, I've been told that's where it's supposed to be the sun rising. They hold it up in the air and they utter these words, Hocus corpus eum fili. Where did I get that? 
about that of word history book that I've got. If you look up Hocus Pocus, it will it will tell you Hocus Corpus Eum Fuli. I don't know if I can spell it. Um, I'll try. Hoc est. Hoc est. Corpus. Eum. E-U-M. Fili. And they say that when they utter those words, this is where the Mass occurs. In order to believe in Christ's Mass, you've got to believe in this. And they say that immediately that cracker turns into the body and the blood of Christ, that he's incorporated in that. It's a... That's when God when God rebuked Israel for worshiping the Queen of Heaven. Israel, in the 44th chapter of Jeremiah, they said, we will worship the Queen of Heaven if we want to, and we'll offer cakes to the Queen of Heaven. The word cake... In that 44th chapter of Jeremiah is the word kaban. Two A's. Kaban means a sacrificial wafer. It has the, it's the same meaning. It's a bloodless wafer. And that's a bloodless altar in the Roman Catholic Church. The only one who gets to drink the blood of the cup is the priest. Anyway, when Constantine had his own Church of England, or the Anglican Church, Anglican means English, or Angle means English, and he started his own church, then he had the people walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist, and that is the Mass of Roman Catholicism. And uh, so what happened, the Methodist Church broke off with some leaders. They brought this to America, and the Methodist Church uh, was started and begun by Charles and uh, John Wesley. And they brought this to America and they started in their camp meetings. In their camp meetings, they modified this walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist. They had people walk down the aisle with real fiery evangelists in the early 1800s. The Methodists used to preach pretty hard. My grandfather was a circuit-riding Methodist preacher. My father, being the youngest of 13, had like three or four brothers who were in their 20s or 30s when he was born. So he had brothers that were old enough to be his father. And uh, he was the youngest of 13 and really a spoiled breath. <laughs> That's what he was. He had his way all of his life and he always wanted his way. And uh, But uh, my grandfather, a circuit ride Methodist preacher was one who where they didn't have enough church, enough preachers for certain Methodist churches, and he'd ride to one church for one week, and then he'd horse and buggy to another church the next week, horse and buggy to another church, and so forth, until he 
maybe did five or six, seven churches. That's what a circuit ride. And he went in a wagon. He said one time he got held up and he believed it was uh, one of uh, Jesse James's gang that held him up. But I've got some history in my past. In fact, John Brown was supposed to be married to one of my ancestors. You remember John Brown at Harper's Ferry, and he killed a bunch of people during the Civil War. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, but he's supposed to be one of my ancient ancestors. He was honorary snake. Maybe that's where my father got his, his ways from John Brown, because he was something else. But anyway, back to the story. So they were walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist. So the Methodists came to America, and they had built a fence down at the front and built that little altar down there, and people would come down there and whine and cry half the night trying to accept Christ. It finally bled over to the Baptist churches. They got a hold of it, and all of the Baptist preachers in America give invitation to him to say, if you don't know tonight, this may be your last chance. You go out that door and you'll drive down the road and you'll go across that railroad track. A train will hit you and you will go into hell. Not true. All the all that the Father gives me, Jesus said, shall come to me. Nobody's gonna 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 go to hell that was chosen to go to heaven. Nobody. He he said, I, I, my Father has given you to me, and I will lose none of them. Anyway, that's it. Bled over to the Baptist Church. Walk down the aisle and accept Christ is false doctrine of the Baptist. Belief is the method of salvation. But you can't believe because there's none that seeketh after God. Notice how predestination ties right into this. None believeth. There's none righteous. No, not one. And Jesus said, All the Father giveth will come to me. And the Pharisees said, How long wilt thou make us to doubt if thou give you the Christ? Tell us plainly. He said, you will not believe because you're not of my sheep. Go away. He might as well have said that. You won't believe you don't belong to me. So that's, accept Christ as a personal choice. There's no, it's not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that shows mercy. If you don't desire to change in your life, your way of living, change your mouth, your cursing, change the way you live, the way you act. If God doesn't deal with you every day to change who you are, you're not one of His. That's what this is about. So you'll notice that all this false doctrine we've been talking about ties directly to that political correctness, which ties directly to the edict of toleration. Tolerating Tolerating false doctrine results in pestilence and disease. And the whole nation is tolerating all this false doctrine, aren't they? It, even this fellow told me in New Orleans, well, isn't everybody teaching except Christ and sinners Christ? I said, you're right, that's what they are. Now, what I want us to do is go back and look at some of those verses that talks about I'll send pestilence. Go back to Leviticus 26 
And this whole chapter talks about what God's going to do if you if you don't. I'm just going to read a couple of verses in each one of these chapters. Leviticus 26 and let's look at 24 and 25. And he's talking about if you're not obedient to me. Well, let me back up and read a, a few verses of this. In verse 21, if you walk contrary unto me and will not hearken unto me, this is God speaking, I will bring seven times more plagues. Seven is the number of divine perfection in judgment. Seven is the word Sheba, S-H-E. Let me erase some of this. Everything in the Bible ties together. When, when the Bible says, when God says that Babylon was the mother of harlots, she was founded on self, on one's own personal doctrine. She was founded on Genesis 11 and 5. Let us make us a name. Word name is Shem. And Shem was the second born of Noah. And he was the one that was in charge. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem. It doesn't never says, Blessed be the Lord of Japheth or Blessed be the Lord of Ham. It doesn't say that. Shem was the second born and the blessing was put up on him to lead the family. And they said, we don't like Shem telling us what to do. It means authority. So if Babylon mothered all authority, that's just where they changed they changed the doctrine. Most people don't know what doctrine means. It's the Greek word didache, D-I-D-A-C-H-E, or didaskalia, D-I-D-A-S-K-A-S-K-A-L-I-A. Both those words means instruction. That's what the Charismatics and the Baptists and the Pentecostals and the they're all doing. They've made up. They don't even understand. Hey, Pentecostals, Baptists don't believe in tongues. They don't even believe in what you believe in. You had Billy Graham on TBN, and he didn't believe in tongues. Of course, he didn't believe in much of anything. But it, but he but the Baptists didn't believe in tongues. They don't believe in faith healing. Don't you know that? Ask one of them. Ask one of the preachers, do you believe in faith healing? They'll hum-haw around if they know you're a Pentecostal. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, God can heal whoever he wants to. And uh, uh, they'll talk in circles, but they won't tell you if they believe it or don't believe it. But they don't believe it. Now, so if, if Babylon mothered all idolatry, she mothered all idolatry on toleration. They, they mothered all, all these doctrines of the world on political correctness. 
political correctness was here long before they came up with an official title for it. Political correctness. I want to go through and read some of these judgments. I'm just going to... I'm going to just uh, emphasize pestilence today. Look here in Leviticus 26... Verse 21, if you will, if you walk contrary unto me, you don't walk the way I told you to walk according to my law. I will, and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. I will send wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children. Wild beasts doesn't mean tigers and bears. It means the beast world system. It's talking about Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And destroy your cattle and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. This is God talking to Israel. If you, My wife Mary's been reading through the Bible, and she got up to Jeremiah, and she was reading through Jeremiah. She said, this sounds like America. I said, that's what I keep telling everybody from the pulpit. It sounds exactly like America. If you read Jeremiah, read about the first ten chapters, you're not going to believe what it sounds exactly like America. And she, she kind of hollered at me, this sounds like America. I said, I keep saying that. Jeremiah has been my favorite prophet because he was the last major prophet in Israel to prophesy to them about their total destruction by the king of Babylon, by Nebuchadnezzar. He prophesied from 626 B.C. to 586 B.C. He walked through the streets of Jerusalem for 40 years telling the people, Judgment's coming, Nebuchadnezzar's coming, and God would tell Jeremiah, don't you pray for this people. I will not hear your prayers. You are not a preacher of repentance and of conversion. You're a preacher of judgment. That's it, Jeremiah. Now go. There was a woman he wanted to marry, and God forbid him to marry. Some believe it was Judith, who is one of the books of the Pseudepigrapha or the Apocrypha. The book of Judith. We don't know that. He was forbidden by God to marry because he needed him to go out there and put his life on the line. And that's when Zedekiah, the pansy king of Israel, hung him in the mire. That's a picture of Jeremiah hung in the mire on that back wall back there. Now let me keep reading. If you will not be informed by me, informed means to be taught. Reformed, excuse me. Reformed by me, by these things, you need to be reformed because you begin all after these gods ever since I called you. And will walk contrary unto me and not hear my words, then will I also walk contrary to you, and I'll punish you seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword unto you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant, and when ye are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence, disease, 
among you, and you shall be delivered unto the hand of the enemy, Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Now, have you noticed something here? They're not even in Israel yet. They haven't even become a nation yet. If When you read these chapters, read the whole chapter, He'll tell you, when you come in the land, you will forsake me and you will leave me. And I'll send these judgments upon you. Now let's look at the next one I got in line. Numbers 14, 12. I could just give you a list of these and let you look them up yourself. 14. Numbers 14 and verse 12. 14 and 12. Let's read a little bit before that. Let's read 14. They will tell it to the inhabitants of the land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people. He's talking about when they attacked the Egyptians. I'm in 14. That thou, 14 of chapter 14 of Numbers. That thou, Lord, art seen face to face, that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them, he's talking about the cloud by day and a fire by night, by day and a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which I have heard, the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because, because the Lord... I needed to read back in 12. Let me back up to 12. Talking about attacking, I need to back up to 11. Excuse me. (laughs) And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? Talking about Israel. And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed unto them? I will smite them with pestilence, with disease and disinherit them. He's going to put them over in Babylon where they have no inheritance. But Numbers is also there in the wilderness. They haven't even entered into the promised land. They're in the middle of the 40 years here. They haven't entered in. Always notice the time factor on these. They haven't entered into the promised land and become a nation yet. And he's warning them what he's going to do if they keep ignoring his commandments. I'll send pestilence, disinherit them. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. God brought you out of Egypt, and they'll hear about it, and they'll laugh at you. Now let's go to the next verse. Deuteronomy 28. If you'll notice, we read Leviticus 26 and Deuteronomy 28 are sister chapters. They say basically the same thing. Deuteronomy. And I have gone through Deuteronomy 28 dozens of times. Now, Deuteronomy 28. In the first part of Deuteronomy, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe 
and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And he goes on to say, you'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the fruit of your body. Your children will be born, will be born healthy. And then he says, you'll be blessed in your basket and your store. That means you'll have plenty of food when you go out to gather the crops. And you'll be blessed when you go out and come in. And you go against your enemy one way in verse 7. And they'll be seven ways. But if you're disobedient, start in verse 15. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, let me just insert here, America. America, our world, during 2021. If you will not hearken unto the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command this day, you'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed in your basket and store. The fruit of your body will be cursed. Your children will be stillborn. They'll be born with disease. And the Lord shall send thee, verse 20, the Lord shall send upon thee cursing and vexation and rebuke. Who is sending it? The Lord. God is sending all this diseases up here he's the one that sent coronavirus aids ebola the 1918 flu smallpox bubonic plague and all the other diseases because his people we have been do you know that when the bubonic plague was here this was during the persecution by the roman catholic church of Christians who would not partake in the sacrament of the Mass. That was back in the 15 to 18, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. That's when the bubonic plague was rampaging across Europe. And Roman Catholics were killing during this Inquisition. They had many Inquisitions. They had the Spanish Inquisition, the Roman Catholic Inquisition. They had the, they had the, uh, various inquisitions, a whole bunch of them, over hundreds of years, and they were killing, killing at least 50 million believers from the Cathars, from the, from the various families over there, from the Huguenots, they, all these families, the Waldens family, and they all bonded together, and they came to America, and they outlawed Christmas in America. They said, we won't have the Christ Mass or Ishtar, Easter. and won't have any of that Roman Catholic stuff here. We have very slowly graduated ourselves away from that attitude. And around the 1990s, 1890s, that's when Christmas began to weave into our society. Christmas is nothing but political correctness. We're just putting up with it. There's nothing good about Christmas. It's a time of drinking. The last eight weeks of the year, more products are sold. I've looked this up on the Internet. More products are sold, especially booze and everything else. And you have more drunk people at Christmas and New Year's than any other time of the year. And more drunk driving, more, more people killed in drunk driving accidents. It's a curse. And people are getting themselves over in debt. They get themselves in debt buying Christmas gifts. 
When they take all year to pay it off, then they start again the next year. Christmas is insanity. Not only that, but men will disavow their, and women will disavow their marriage vows by going to a Christmas party at some office and getting involved in sexual uh, activities in those parties. There's nothing good about Christmas. Nothing. And people say, but we want to keep that ancient that ancient orgy festival. It was an orgy for seven days there at Rome. And seven days in Spain, in France, they called it Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras and Christmas are the same thing in different cultures of the ancient world. It's and it's the reason the reason for that is all these false teachers in America and it's been going on for the last hundred years. Very few people are talking about repentance, daily cross, death to self, self denial. We must in much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. If the righteous scarcely be saved, will the ungodly and the sinner appear? That word scarcely, mogus, means with great difficulty. God makes it hard on us. And these guys, these Baptists and Pentecostals and Charismatics, are talking about being a Christian is easy. It's not easy. When you take a stand for the truth and you preach these things, nobody in America is preaching what I'm preaching. I've never heard any preacher get into this much detail. Nobody. And you know what? I don't care. I'm going to tell the truth regardless of the cost. I'm just sick of the preachers in America. I'm sick of the politicians. It sounds ridiculous to me when they get on Fox or CNN and they have guys arguing about whose fault this is or that is. It's nobody's fault. None of you guys believe truth anyway. What gets me is Donald Trump got the vaccine shots and Joe Biden got the vaccine shots and they're fighting over them. What? That's crazy. You're both crazy. It's, I'm just sick of this whole thing. Now, in 24, in 24, we're going to read here in the 24th chapter, the Lord shall send thee cursings. The Lord is the one that's going to do it. Vexation and rebuke and all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do until thou be destroyed, Israel. He's not talking to pagans. He's talking to Israel. And notice, this is before they come into the promised land. Boy, he's sure putting a lot of warnings on them, isn't he? And until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave it won't just come, it'll stay like this is. I made the statement, I said it earlier, that this is God's pestilence, it's God's disease, the coronavirus. And I said he can increase this at any time if he wants to. I said that two years ago. Have we had an increase in the coronavirus? 
How about Delta variant? Had an increase. Oh, be of good cheer. This may not be the last increase. There may be another increase till it gets so bad that people start dying like flies. I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. This is God's virus. It's not has nothing to do whether Bill Clinton or whether Bill Clinton uh, whether whether either one of these presidents Trump whether he didn't start early enough now Joe Biden's wanting to blame Trump and he's not even in there Joe you're funny you know that you're mostly funny looking when you're going when you don't know the answers to give and he gets a face it has nothing to do with politicians. It has to do with false doctrine, with political correctness. It has to do with toleration. That's what it's got. You tolerate some doctrine besides God's, he says, that's it. You say, well, it hadn't happened lately. Well, lately to God, a day is the Lord's a thousand years. It wasn't even a day ago that the bubonic plague was raging in God's eyes. Or the smallpox. I looked up how many people died during these various plagues. I can't remember the exact number, but it was during the bubonic plague. It was somewhere between 75 million and 200 million people died during the bubonic plague. It was somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 million to 75 million during smallpox. Why can't they zero in and know exactly how many died? It's just like coronavirus. They say, we don't know how many people die of the coronavirus. It could be of some other disease. It don't matter what it is. People are dying. And you think God's going to keep putting up with this, these doctrines in America? No. You can say, Jim Bryan, you're just a little bitty nobody. You're exactly right. You can't be a somebody in the world and be committed to God. Bless you to you when men shall reproach you. Reproach on he did so means to be infamous. Don't mean to be famous. I would rather be infamous in God's family than famous out here in the world. Then he says, I will bring pestilence. And he goes through here and says, I'll smite you with... The Lord shall smite thee with consumption. That's anywhere from... It can be tuberculosis, any lung disease. With extreme... With inflammation. You know that every disease has to do with inflame... With inflammation. Bronchial asthma. I know I've had this for decades bronchial asthma has to do with your inflammation of your bronchial tubes and the inner workings of your your lungs and then he says blasting with mildew I'll send you too much rain and most people are allergic to mildew aren't they until thou perish you're gonna die Israel Merely because you've allowed these preachers to preach all these lies. 
There's no such thing as tongues. You got two words, dialectos, which is the word dialect. It gets me. I, Holly, my neighbor across the street, I read to her about tongues out of, uh, out of, uh, I think I got it up here, G. Grissom Machen's uh, book. He's uh, one of the most famous Greek scholars in the world for the 20th century. But it's in his book, New Testament Greek for Beginners, it's got in the front of it, it's got a section on dialects, where all the different dialects come from. There are five families of dialects. Excuse me, three families of dialects. And these dialects, the Aeolic, uh, the, I can't think of the other names, the Iconic, and another name. And he said they were families and had all these dialects. I told Holly, I said, I ordered one of the books. I said, I'll give it to you if you read, promise to read that first chapter. She said, I promise. And she read it. She said, it sure does make a difference when you're, when you know the truth about it. They said, how here we ever man our own dialect when we were born. Not Pentecostal tongues, that's jibber-jabber. That's false doctrine. That very reason is why Christmas and and tongues are tied together. Because Christmas goes back to false doctrine in the ancient world. And all the time Israel was a nation from First Samuel through Second Chronicles, they're going after the sun and tree god, Baal in the grove. Baal was Baal was the same thing as Hercules in the other lands. And the grove was the same thing as Venus. All right, let me read some more of these. I, I've got lists of them. I just can't get to all of them. Let's go over here to Second Samuel 24. This is the next time this is mentioned. Second Samuel 24. How much time do you have, Mike? 27. All right. Second Samuel, the 24th chapter. You have to know what's happening in this chapter. David is getting very proud of himself. And we're right at the end of his life. He's going to die just right after this. This chapter, you go into 1 Kings, and he's getting real old, and he's near death in 1 Kings, the first chapter. And that's the next page when you flip the page. Second Samuel, the 24th chapter, he's bragging on all of his mighty men that he's naming out of the 23rd chapter. And he's taking credit. And you'll find over in First Chronicles 21, you'll find that he had a million and nearly a million and a half men. A million and a half. One, one and a half million. And he's taking credit for that, telling you how great his fighters were, including his nephew Abishai and his nephew Joab, who was in charge of his armies. He's boasting about it in through the 23rd chapter. You're not going to know that if you don't look at this thing real closely. 
And because he boasted of that, he forgets. David has forgotten when he only had four to six hundred men, and Saul was chasing him with thousands of soldiers. And how God would get him out of these these situations he'd get into. In fact, Saul had him entrapped at one point, and this up against the wall like a hole in the wall gang had when they he couldn't get out and and all of a sudden some messenger came running to Saul's camp and said the Philistines are attacking Jerusalem let's get out of here and he had David right where he wanted him where he could kill him except God sent that messenger in and the Philistines were attacking Jerusalem so you get into this and it says again the anger of the Lord this is verse 1 was kindled against Israel and he moved David again against them to say go number Israel and Judah now it will say in First Chronicles it was Satan that caused David to number Israel and Judah but Satan is the word Satan and it means adversary. So an ad, at this point, God is David's adversary. He's David's Satan. Adversary, the most time it's, it's translated, it comes from the word Satan, S-A-T-A-N. So David numbers Israel. And down in verse 10, David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done this foolishly. You're the one that delivered me with only 400 men in my army, not with a million and a half. Anybody can win with that many. For when David was up in the morning and the word of the Lord came unto the prophet Gad, this is the guy that comes to David, gives him a choice of three things you can choose. Go and say unto David, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them, even though you've repented, that I may do it unto thee. So Gad came to David and told him and said unto him, Shall seven years of famine come unto thee in the land? O you flee three months before your enemies. Now you're going to have one of these three. And those will be your enemies coming against you. While they pursue thee, or there be three days pestilence. You got to pay for your sin, David. Every one of us have to pay for our sin. We look back and we say, I didn't deserve that and I don't deserve this payment. But God says you have to pay. So David says, he said, advise, which of these do you want? I don't want any of them. But he says the pestilence will come from God. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. I'm pulled between all these different things. Let us fall now in the hand of the Lord with his pestilence. Three days. God can do a lot in three days. 
he can send a death angel like like Michael down to kill and he does that and let us not fall in the hand of man so the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel you think America's repentant even if you are you got to pay for your sin upon Israel from the morning unto the time appointed and there died of the people from Dan the most northern city at that time in Israel to Beersheba the most southern city there died in Israel from Dan to Beersheba 70,000 men due to a disease I don't know it could have been COVID-19 and when the angel stretched out his hand upon Jerusalem to destroy it the Lord repented him of the evil repent means to turn and said to the angel that destroyed the people that's enough stop your hand I've killed enough today God said it is enough stay thine hand and the angel of the Lord was by the threshing place of Aronah the Jebusite and he says the same words over in 1 Chronicles 21 you got to realize Chronicles and Chronicles and and Samuel and the kings it depends you have to know where you're going let's go to 1 Chronicles 21 and 12 this is the same story why would he do this twice huh can somebody tell me why he do it twice it takes two witnesses to verify anything that God does or his judgments find that in Numbers 35 Deuteronomy 17 Deuteronomy 19 those are the chapters of the two witnesses now you look at first first chronicles 24 do i have any time mike 19 19 first chronicles 21 and 12 21 this is the same story let's start in verse 9 and the lord spake unto gad david's seer saying go and tell david saying Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose thee one of them that I may do it unto thee. I'm going to do the one that you choose. And Gad came to David and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Choose thee either three years famine, three months to be destroyed for thy foes, while the sword of the thine enemies overtaketh thee, or else three days the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence, God calls the pestilence the sword of God here. In the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coast of Israel. Now therefore advise thyself what word I shall bring again to him that send me. And David said unto Gad, I am in a great strait. Let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his mercies. Let me not fall in the hand of man. So the Lord sent pestilence 
sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel 70,000 men. You think God won't bring pestilence? God's the one that did it. Now, I'm going to run out of time if I don't. I've got a whole list. In Jeremiah 14, the Bible speaks of my sore for judgments. The word is not sore, it's the word raw. It's the same word as evil. My four evil judgments. Talks about them. Then he's talking about, I've got to show you something. Three times pestilence is mentioned in the New Testament. Three times. Matthew 24. Luke 21 and in Acts Acts 24 and 5 in Matthew 24 and 7 and 21 and 11 And if you'll notice, Matthew 24 and Luke 21, those are my two favorite chapters to preach on the end of time on. I always go to both those chapters. And he talks about pestilence in them. Let's go over there to Matthew 24. And it's talking about In Matthew 24, the things that are going to be happening at the end of time. I believe we're close to the end, not just because of the judgments of God. Well, it is the judgments, but because Israel has become a nation as of May 14th, 1948. They have been in captivity for 24 years. For 2,400 years. Since they were carried away by Nebuchadnezzar, I'll just put Neb. That was in 586 B.C. They were not a nation during Jesus' time. Only southern Judah was back from the captivity. During Jesus' day, southern Judah, which was comprised of the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. The northern tribes, the northern tribes were called the lost tribes of Israel during the days of Jesus. They were led by Ephraim who had all the inheritance of Israel and if the ownership wasn't there, they were considered not there. What was northern Israel at the time of Jesus? It was a mixture of Assyrians and Israelites. But they had a mixed religion. They were serving some of the sun gods of the Assyrians and the tree goddesses. 
That's why why Jesus told the woman at the well in John in John the fourth chapter, you worship you know not what. You got a mixed religion. Now, if we go over here, this these three times it takes three testimonies according to God's word to confirm any promise he's made. And he says it three times. He says it in 24. 24. And I've got to set the whole picture of it because the apostles come to him and show him the temple and Jesus says there will be a time when one stone will not be left upon another. And they said, What will be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? That word world is Ionos, A-I-O-N-O-S. It's not the word cosmos. It's also the word forever. Also the word eternal. It's talking about the end of all things. What is going to be the sign? He goes through all these signs. And he says, many will come saying, I am Christ, and deceive many. They're going to deceive. This is verse 5. They're going to deceive because they're going to be lying, telling you all of this political correctness. Accept Christ, sinner's prayer uh, for salvation. They're going to be telling you tongues. They're going to be telling you faith healing. They're going to be preaching an easy gospel that people don't want to hear, that they want to hear, but they won't preach the the hard gospel that people don't want to hear. And there'll be wars and rumors of wars. We've already got that. There's about 50 wars going on in the world right now. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Nation rise against nation. That's ethnos. Ethnos is Gentile also. Gentiles rising. And then he says in verse 7, Nation shall rise against nation kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places when it goes on down through here and talks about the end of time I love teaching on the 24th chapter then when you go to Luke the 21st chapter that's also a chapter on the end of time Luke the 21st chapter Luke 21 and this is this is the sister chapter to Matthew 24 they ask the basic same questions and uh, they ask him in verse 7 saying master when, when shall these things be and what sign shall be when these things come to pass. And he starts in telling them the same thing. Take heed that you be not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying that I am Christ. And the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. Then he continues telling all about the things that will be happening if you go on down to verse 11. Verse, we'll read in verse 10. Then said he unto them, Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. 
Great earthquakes shall be in diverse places. We have that now. Earth, it doesn't just mean literal earthquake. It can mean that, but it will be. It comes from the word seismos. Seismos, we get the word seismograph from that, and it means a trembling or a shaking. It can mean financial as well as literal. Shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences until and fearful sights and great signs shall be from heaven. And we're getting more hurricanes involved in our society than ever before. And then he goes on to say, he goes on to say that Israel will be fall. They'll fall by the edge of the sword. Why did they fall? They were led away captive, northern Israel. They were led away captive in five, in 722 B.C., northern Israel was captive. In 722, northern Israel. Northern Israel was carried captive by Assyria. All because they had during their kingdom the edict of toleration. They had let us make us a name. All that is is we're going to tolerate any doctrine. Let us make us a name, make up our own doctrine. All because they went after Baal and the grove and grow the sun and tree God that's the Christmas tree whether anybody likes it or not that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and that's what Eve went after and that's what John says all that's in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life the three wishes of the genie genie comes to the word gene it's it's crazy why am I the only one that can find these things? It's because preachers are lazy. They're bums. A lot of them are making one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand a year, three, four, five hundred thousand. These big faith healers, they're making millions of dollars a year. That's why they do it. They found out something. If you con people. And saying to him smooth words like Isaiah the 30th chapter says, Speak unto us, don't speak unto us right things, say unto us smooth things. Talk smooth to us, Isaiah. We don't want to hear the word of God. That's what's going on in the world. It's the smooth talk, the good words and fair speeches that's leading people astray. That's what Paul said to the Romans. Romans sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. And then he says, Besides all this, Israel was carried away, and from this time Southern Judah was carried away in five eighty six BC. And they were carried away until they become a nation again. And they were carried away because they went after Baal in the grove, the Christ Mass, until May 14th, 1948. 
where they became a nation for the first time. And then they had all these wars. They had the War of Independence, where all of the Arab nations were common against them. They had the 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 uh, the War of 1957, the Sinai War. And the thing is, they had the Six-Day War of 67, 1967. And the Six-Day War was from June 5th through June 10th. And that's when they got Jerusalem back. They hadn't had Jerusalem for all these years. All of it comes together. They hadn't had Jerusalem, and that takes us to to the 24th verse. And they, the Jews, shall fall by the edge of the sword by Nebuchadnezzar, by Nebuchadnezzar, by the Assyrian kings, Shalmaneser and the like. And they will fall by the sword because... They were involved in let us make us a name, the edict of toleration, and they were scattered. So the scattering of Israel has to do with Christmas. It has to do with false doctrine that's going on in America. God's not going to put up with it much longer. And you know what? I don't blame him. So he says down here in verse 24, They, the Jews shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down to the Gentiles. How long? From here, right here, when Nebuchadnezzar came in, all the way to the Six-Day War. They didn't even get Jerusalem back at their day of independence. The Arabs were still occupying it until the Six-Day War of 1967. They shall fall by the edge of the sword, be led away captive to all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentile rule over Israel is finished. And that happened in 1967, the Six-Day War. Notice how all this prophecy and this time period that they were in captivity had to do with the 70 weeks of Daniel. And I can't know why I can go through that in a few minutes. I did 18 months on the 70 weeks of Daniel one year. 18 months on Sunday morning on that. Well, I'm running out of time. And then the Bible says in verse 25, There shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth. Distress of nations with perplexity. That's what's wrong. Aporia. It don't matter how much the Democrats and Republicans are arguing. Aporia means in a quandary. No answer. No way out. You can pay attention to Fox News if you want to. I'll watch it just see what they're going to do. Do I believe they have it answered? No, I don't believe that. 
if they come up with an answer to this world problem, then you can take a razor blade and cut verse 25 out of your Bible. There's no answer for this. I'm glad I'm 82. I don't have to put up with this much longer anyway. I would hate to be real young during these times. I hate to be a teenager. Man, they're in for the ride of their life. Am I out of time, Mike? Another minute. A minute. I didn't get to all the... I guess I could just make you a copy of all these places that I copied. I, I didn't get all of them. These are a bunch of the places in the Bible. Jeremiah had more to say about pestilence than anybody else because he was the last prophet walking through the streets of Israel and they were getting so upset they went to Zedekiah and said can we kill Jeremiah we're tired of him this is Israel talking to the king Zedekiah and they're all supposed to be righteous and they're not they're saying Jeremiah is disheartening the people and he's depressing us we'd like to kill him King Zedekiah can we King said, I said, you can hang him in the mire. And some people say the mire was human waste and urine. That's the payment for telling the truth. Well, I'm out of time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Thank you for years of study and allowing me to see these things. It's so amazing we can see all this coming together here we must be close to the end give the people here strength to bear up under it Lord because times are going to be worse and worse you said so fight our battles conquer the people that want to conquer us in any way possible do not let them hurt this minister or destroy it And we'll praise you for everything in Christ's name. Amen. I hope you can learn to get a hold of these things, how they all blend into one subject. There's not, it's not different subjects. It's one. Prophecy, the 70 weeks, the edict of toleration, Hope that's sobering to you. I spent a lifetime studying prophecy. And I believe I've been preaching all my life that this is going to happen.